On today's brand new Compete Everyday podcast, we're talking with RP Strength founder Nick Shaw on his new book, Fit for Success. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and we are back with today's brand new episode. If this is your first episode, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited to welcome you into Competitor Nation. And if you're back because you are one of our fellow loyal listeners, welcome back. It's fun to hang out today. Halfway through April 2021, it's wild. The year is moving along. Are you taking advantage of it? Are you using this time wisely to get up and get after the goals you want, the life you want to create, the victory that you want to seize? I sure hope so. I hope you're not wasting the opportunity because things maybe aren't as perfect as you want them to be. Timing isn't as perfect as you want it to be because today is the day that you control and you decide whether you're going to take action or you're going to make excuses. Whether you're going to start moving toward the goals you want to seize, the life you want to create or not, the choice is yours. The choice to take on today is yours. And and as one of my favorite advertisements of all time, the Nike billboard, that says, yesterday you said tomorrow. And for a lot of people, they're going to keep saying tomorrow. Every morning when they wake up, they're going to say tomorrow because tomorrow is going to feel better than today. That pushing it off for one more day is going to be easier than starting to do the work. And the only problem with that mentality, the only problem when you keep saying tomorrow is that eventually you run out of tomorrows and you're left with nothing but regret and wishes and regret and wishes and memories and this fictitious dream of what your life would have looked like had you just gone after the goal, had you just gone after it. I know we talk about it here all the time, the importance of ending on empty. But let this be your reminder. Let this be your spring season reminder that it does you no good to get to the end of your life and have a bag full of regrets. You're much better off headed down the road to death, to the grim reaper, to the end of it all, exhausted, completely spent. You're going to have a, man, that didn't go the way I expected, or whew, I didn't win that one like I thought have. But you know what the best part about that is? You don't have regret in that statement. You bet on yourself. You took a shot. You got on the field and competed. And you're able to go to that grade beyond a little more at peace than all of those people that choose to live their life in the stands, wishing, procrastinating, making excuses about all the things that they're going to go after tomorrow until one day they don't have it. So let that be the encouragement to you to seize today, to get after it, to make the most of it, to show up and compete. You don't have to feel motivation. Just understand where you're trying to go, why you're trying to do it, and then put your feet into motion. Take action. Get out there and win today. Today's guest on the podcast is my new friend, Nick Shaw. He's the founder of RP Strength. Those of you that are in the fitness, CrossFit, even wellness, powerlifting community, you're probably familiar with his work. They have an incredible online community. They offer uh, nutrition and training programs and a wide array uh, of packages that Nick and I will talk about a little bit. But really, we get into his background. What inspired him to start the program and what inspired him to write this book during the midst of COVID 
during the midst of a family struggle that they were going through with his wife and, and kids and, and how they kind of bonded together throughout that to keep showing up competing for the future they wanted. And so today's conversation, I hope it inspires you. I hope it challenges you. And maybe I hope it encourages you to pick up a copy of Nick's new book, Fit for Success. Before we welcome Nick into the show, I told you today's April 14th, and that is a big day at CompeteEveryDay.com because the spring season collection just dropped. We have some really cool prints and designs from our design team today that just hit shelves. Crops, tanks, tees, some cool floral prints. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. I'm wearing it. Summer weather is here. It's feeling good, and this is a great shirt to have on outside with some sunglasses, soaking up that sun and getting better because that's what it's about each and every day. How do we get better? How do we stay motivated? And if you know one thing about me, my mission with every shirt we put out, everything that we produce is to empower you with the reminder that you have what it takes, show up and use it to make you feel good and confident that when you put that shirt on, you're going to compete today. No excuse is going to overtake you. No procrastination is going to win. You are going to show up and win the day, and you're going to make it one step closer to that victory. So if you want to head on over to CompeteEveryDay.com, check out the newest releases. You can even save 15% using the code PODCAST at checkout. So head on over to CompeteEveryDay.com, support the show, grab one of our just killer Brand new releases for spring season and use code podcast to get 15% off. Now, let's jump into today's show with my man, Nick Shaw, talking about how we get fit for success. Nick, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, congratulations on the release of your new book. I know that's an exciting first step having been almost a year ago myself, my book dropped. Uh, before we kind of get into the book and, and why you wrote it and some of the fundamentals in it, give everyone a snapshot of what you do. And then I'm curious if you could lead it off. What initiated you starting RP? What initiated RP? So we got to go back a, a long ways. Let's do it. You, you could probably make a really good argument that we could go back to me being in junior high. So I have a brother that's four years older than me. So of course he was into sports and, you know, he's training and funny story. My, my parents had an old like rickety weight set in our basement. You know, one of those like really small, narrow benches. Oh yeah. Like, Where you're like this on the bench press. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so that's just what I got started there. I got started on lifting there and I loved it. Uh, again, had a brother four years older than me. So obviously I see what he's doing. I want to do it. He's doing sports and all that. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's always been a passion of mine. I've just always been into fitness. I've always been into, I was never uh, athletically gifted. It's probably a, a good way to say it, good way to be quite nice to myself. But the one thing that I did have is I just outworked everyone for the most part. And I always thought that was really cool because you know, there's a story in the book, but it's a story I like to tell. I was not a good runner my freshman year, like doing cross country. And pretty much no one else on the team did what they were supposed to over the summer. And then the first day of practice, you know, my sophomore year, I'm up running with the top guys from the year before. And I'm just like, I'm like, it's kind of one of these things. Where you're, you're, you're almost not even sure because you're like, what's going on here? Like, is everyone else hurt or what's going on? And I just realized, I'm like, well, shoot, I just outworked everybody. And then that's when I started to piece together these you know, the, 
the pieces of the puzzle. And I was like, well, shoot, what if I just keep doing this? If I just keep outworking everyone else, like maybe I have a chance. And so I was like, yeah, a decent motor through high school. And that's kind of what is what set the stage for ultimately, you know, just being into fitness, loving the idea of, hey, if I do X, Y, Z, you know, I'm going to get these outputs. And I just kept at it, kept, well, you know, just working, working, working. I'm curious uh, along those lines, did you ever have an instance early on where that work ethic just didn't help you get your goal? And then how did you seem to respond? Did you look at it as, well, crap, maybe I just don't have the talent for it or, or do I need to work harder or what do I need to do differently? Kind of what was your mentality around that? I had a great story about that actually. So my junior year, I was track and field was probably my better sport of the two between that and cross country. But uh, so I was on our four by 400 meter relay team and we were going to set our school record. So we were at the state track meet. This is Michigan, like division three. So, you know, smaller school. And we, uh, we did really well in our anchor guy. And in hindsight, yeah, I probably should have been the anchor, but hindsight's 2020, right? But uh, we missed the school record by about 0.5 seconds. And our anchor guy kind of let off a little bit right at the tail end, because he got passed right at the end. And he gave up a little bit, like, half a second you know that's you, you snap yeah. your finger that's half a second and it's one of these things you just like that was our goal that was our goal we were going to do it we were so close we had you know four good good guys we could have done it we should have done it so i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go solo myself senior year i'm like i'm gonna break the 800 meter record at our school oh set- what a race oh hurts my yeah, right? thinking about running the 800s again yeah, totally. Well, you're talking, I mean, you're preaching the choir here and it's, listen, 400, 800, probably the two worst events that yep. there are. But again, that just kind of went back to my mentality. I was never fast enough to be a 100 or 200 meter sprinter. And I wasn't a good enough long distance runner either. But you kind of pick those things that no one else wants to do because they suck and they're terrible. I'm like, well, I don't sign me up for those. Like, that's the only chance I have. So anyway, so I'm so motivated. Right? I'm, I'm training my tail off, just work all summer long. I mean, I was just after it, you know, didn't do any winter sports. I was just training year round. I'm like, had that number written basically everywhere in my room. It was just everywhere. It's like, basically that was what I was doing. That's what I set out to do the whole next year. Finally, I, uh, our, our regional meet, I was less than a second off from breaking it again, but I ran like a sub two minute 800. I'm like, all right, I got a shot. I'm going in the state meet. I'm ranked like third or fourth. Like, here we go. This is it. And you know what happened? So it's eight lane track. We were used to run on like a six lane one, smaller high school. So I'm way out in lane four. So what happens when you finally come around the corner and you got to start cutting in? Oh, yeah, this is state meet, right? Everyone's sprinting the first lap. So I'm like, I'm way on the outside. And well, again, lo and behold, I didn't do it. So it's one of those things like you can work as hard as you want, but you're not guaranteed success. It just doesn't matter. So early on, that was this wake up call that, hey, you can, you can train all you want, but you still might not get it. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times our response to that is how really we set up in the next venture, the next pursuit, the next journey of understanding, you know, sometimes that work isn't enough, but it's the only thing that gives us a shot and really understanding like, you know, sometimes everything's not going to work out. That's when we talk about competing, you know, everybody wants the win and the prize and the trophy, but not everybody is willing to compete for it because there's a chance you may fail. There's a chance you're going to fall short. And it's the people that are willing to risk that, that they really set themselves apart over time. So taking that work ethic, that mentality that, that you're kind of going to go all in on yourself, flash forward to today, 
you look at RP and the strength program and, and everything you do from a health and wellness standpoint, you've got a big team of, of practitioners, I would say, and coaches and kind of where did the beginning stage of that to now? Because a lot of times when we look at success and we look at a journey, we only see the end point or where you're at right now. And most people will never start pursuing something because they just assume things magically fell into place that way at the beginning. So take me back to kind of that inspiration to really helping people more than anything else change their life. Yeah, well, I actually met uh, my colleague, Dr. Mike Israel, him and I met at the student labor room, University of Michigan. So we were just, again, it goes back to that passion. We just were really both a couple of meatheads. Uh, for lack of better terms, right? we were just a couple of meatheads, met in the gym, you know, just sort of that mutual respect. You see people doing some impressive things. There's like, hey, he recruited me to uh, join their powerlifting club that they had at the University of Michigan. And I was immediately hooked because, you know, I loved competing. I loved getting after it. And they're like, hey, you should come do this. I'm like, cool, sign me up. Absolutely. And he's, I started training with him. He started writing my diet training programs. This is 2007. So a long time ago. Yeah. But again, it just, it set that stage. I was like, this is what I want to do. I got into bodybuilding after that. Because again, like, what do you have in bodybuilding? You have, essentially, you have to be incredibly disciplined. You have to work incredibly hard. Like if you have those, you're going to stand a decent chance. And I, so I was just immediately drawn to that. I just love that process. You work really hard, get after it, just keep doing it. You're going to get a little bit better over time. And then what, what happens? You know, you're probably going to look a certain way. And there's just always something a little bit more to do in, in strength sports. You can always get stronger, right? You can always yep. have a little bit more muscle or be a little bit lean or, or, you know, sports, you can always get a little bit faster. So I just love that whole idea and concept of there's always something more you can be doing to get better. I love it. I love it. So what initiated, I guess, the idea to, to launch the company? Cause a lot of people have that mentality of like, oh, I'm going to keep lifting. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep training, but something had to have switched where the two of you decided to partner up and say, how can we help others do this too? Yeah, so uh, we both went out to New York City after we graduated. Uh, he was a couple years ahead of me, so he had his master's. We both moved out to New York City. We were personal trainers for a while. I kind of knew that that wasn't what we wanted to do long-term, just because that's, I mean, it's really grueling to be a personal yeah. trainer. You're up early, you're up late training people before work, after work, their lunch hours. So we, we knew that we loved helping people in the fitness space. We knew that we wanted to coach people, help people reach their goals, all that good stuff, but kind of knew early on that, well, just being one-on-one -on -one personal trainers probably wasn't going to be long-term sustainable. So he started doing some online coaching. He went back to get his PhD and I was still training people in person. And we were sort of referring clients back and forth a lot. And he was like, well, hey, why don't you just start working with some people online? I said, oh, I could probably do that. I mean, no one knows this stuff better than you. And so tried that. And this was like one of these light bulb moments where I'm like, huh. Well, I no longer have to travel all over New York City, all over the buses and subways and chasing clients all over town. I'm like, I can sit in my apartment and write programs for people. This is pretty cool. So that was probably the first light bulb moment. They're like, yeah, there's probably something to this. We probably want to steer ourselves in that direction. And so that's kind of where things started to trend for the first couple of years. Long story short, then we got into digital products. We saw how that was even more scalable than coaching. And we were like, okay, there's something here. We got to figure out how to do this. That eventually led to the diet templates, which, you know, several iterations later led to the uh, app. Numerous, numerous iterations later, here we are with the current RP Diet Coaching. 
And I love it. And, and yeah, I mean, even just getting on your website now, you've got so many different offerings from the month to month. You have three months, you have six months, 12 months, just really a lot of things that help meet people kind of where they are and, and get rolling, which I love. And now you've shifted gears because you wrote a book. You wrote a book over really, I think you, you were sharing that you wrote some during COVID of seeing an opportunity to get more of this messaging out, fit for success, lessons on achievement and leading your best life. I, I love the book and, and everything I've read so far because there's a lot of overlap in terms of how we see things um, and, and a lot of the messages of, of things that we're putting out because those truths have been reiterated for decades and, and centuries, like they still stand the test of time. And so tell me a little bit, what kind of kicked you into gear to finally sit down and write a book? Because I'm sure a lot of these truths and ideas have been with you for a while. Your, your work ethic's been with you, you said, all of your life. What made you finally decide to put pen to paper, though? Yeah, so our 2020, so started four days before my son's eighth birthday. My wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And, you know, that's not great news, of course, um, Fast forward, you know, 13, 14 months, she's fine now. She's doing very, very well. But again, at the time we had that, she had surgery in February, started chemo in March of 2020. This is all before COVID even hit, before COVID was a thing. So we throw all that in there, that's bad enough by itself. Went to our first chemo session with her, couldn't go to any more because right after that, quarantine hit, COVID, pandemic, all that. So basically we had all this sort of bunched together in the span of three months. And I don't know about you, but I just, I'm not the type of person that's going to be a victim that's going to set back and, you know, be, oh, what was me? Like, uh, life is so hard. You know, oh, we were just dealt a bad hand. You know, uh, yep. what was us? Pity party, downward spiral, et cetera. Et cetera. Well, and that's not good. That wouldn't have helped your wife or your kid in that situation either had you adopted that mentality. 100%. Absolutely. And uh, actually early on, so Z at Barbells for Boobs, I mean, you probably know her because she's mm -hmm. in the CrossFit space. She told me two things. And it's really funny looking back. She, one, she's like, you got to focus on the things that you can control. I'm like, okay, yep, yep, I know that. And she's like, you got to keep a positive mindset. And it was funny because if you look in the book, those are essentially the, the second and third pillars of success. And so I had kind of been mulling on these ideas in my head for a couple of years. Just I'm an avid reader. I love to read anything I can get my hands on. I just started to notice all these commonalities of, you know, hey, someone's successful in, in fitness or, you know, working with some high-level athletes. You sort of get some you see the little snippets of their mindset come through and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, these people all have, all have these things in common. I'm like, well, this is just fitness. I wonder if these will apply to other areas. You start reading personal finances, you start reading business, you know, entrepreneur books, you name it. And you just start to notice all these common universal things that successful people have in common. Yep. And just one day I, I made, I sketched out a little pyramid of it because, you know, at RP, if you read any of our other, our other books, nutrition, training, recovery, it's all based on a pyramid, right? You have the most yep. important things at the bottom and you work your way up. And so I wrote one of those. I shared it with a couple of people. I'm like, hey, what do you think here? And I'm like, am I crazy? And like, well, you're of course crazy for other reasons, but not maybe this, you might be onto something. And then, because I knew that we had the pandemic going on, I knew that I had several months I was going to be at home, legitimately was not going anywhere, right? Because if we go back in time a year from where we are right now, no one knew what COVID-19 we didn't know anything. Everyone thought it was literally the end of the world. And it obviously was very, very bad. But man, we were stuck at home for like three or four months straight because my wife's going through chemo, yep. uh, immune system greatly compromised. So we had to treat it very seriously. So I said, you know what? Why not make some good come of this? I'm not going anywhere for a while. I have more time. 
I think that given the nature of 2020, everyone was impacted in some form or another, mostly negative. A lot of people are going to need this message. Now, again, like you said earlier, maybe that new message is, these things go back in time thousands of years. If we go back to the, you know, the Romans and Stoics, like these ideas have been around, but sometimes we need to hear things in a more fresh or unique perspective and you kind of give your own personal spin on it. And because I know this happened to me a lot of times in the, in the book writing process or the idea process, you can hear something 10 times, but the 11th time you hear it and you just have like that, you're just having that right day. Yep. Where you're like, huh, holy crap, like that's it. And a light bulb goes off. So that was really the inspiration for the book and having the downtime during COVID. I love it. Well, and, and you hit the nail on the head as, as I was chatting earlier today with a, another speaker, and I know you speak as well. The idea that, yeah, you can go to an event, you can go to a conference or watch them online these days, and 10 people can be saying the exact, essentially, takeaway and lesson. But the way they share it, how they package it, and what they sell around there, what they tell around the story, maybe it impacts you differently than someone else. And so at mm -hmm. any given conference, 10 people can be saying the same thing, but you connect with three because of how they tell that story. And I think that just reinforces the importance of, of people listening of like, if you're going to, you should create something like doesn't matter if somebody else has written it, talked about it, posted a video on it, made a podcast. Like you need to tell that story, that truth, that lesson from your own lens, because somebody out there may need to hear it from your perspective. And so uh, one, I want to commend you on the process of, of taking everything you were learning and, and write the book and sharing some of your own stories, because I know how brutal that writing process can be. Um, but two, just being willing to do it similar to, to what you guys do at RP. I know you do things very differently than other organizations, but there were a lot of organizations in the health and fitness space when you got started, but you didn't let that deter. This is how we want to do it. This is how we want to tell our story and help our clients differently. So um, I want to kind of commend you on that and, and obviously raise awareness to our listeners who may be thinking, well, that's cool, but somebody else has already done what I want to do. One of the things I, I want to switch gears slightly on that I love talking about because I feel a lot of people misinterpret when we talk about competing every day. They think, man, I've got to be in the gym training every day, hitting PRs, yada, yada, yada. And I'm heavy to push, like, you've got to rest, you got to recover, you got to take care of yourself so you can be at your best later. I know your book covers a chapter on recharging and the importance of, from a physical standpoint, we understand the harder we train, our muscles break down, they need time to recover with nutrition, with rest. But you also talk about the mental side of recovery and the importance of recharging there. Did you ever struggle with that yourself and, and have that as a hard lesson that you had to learn because you had this, I'm going to outwork everyone mentality? Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. <laughs> absolutely. So it's one of these things where I think, again, because of social media, we only sort of see the highlight reel. We yeah. think that everyone's you know, perfect all the time, man. I, I struggle with all these things. I mean, maybe you do as well. Who knows? Yep. Uh, you know, we all do. But uh, yeah, absolutely. So there's a point early on, we'll call it probably 2016, maybe late 2016, something like that. And uh, we were just basically working so hard around the clock, customer service stuff at RP that, you know, my wife and I were really close to just burning out. Like we were, and we were answering all emails, making sure everything was taken care of. Obviously laying a really good foundation. So we'd be known to having good, good customer service, but you can only do that for so long. And we're talking this is like over a year, year and a half, something like that. But we're just, it's just day in, day out, repeat, repeat. Like what day is it? I don't know. Well, we have more, we have more emails today. So it's probably a Sunday or Monday or something like that. But uh, we were definitely to that point. And 
it's really hard when you're so in the weeds, you're so in the day-to-day -day grind that you almost feel like you can't step back and kind of look at the bigger picture. Because if you do, it's like, well, all this stuff that needs to get done is now not getting done. And if you push it to the next day, now you compound that with the next day's tasks. And it's like, now you have this avalanche of things to do. So it's really hard. But again, we finally got through that point. We were able to get some help in. And then once we were able to get that help in, now, hey, I, I'm not stuck doing customer service, you know, six hours a day or something like that. Now I can focus on other areas. And that's when the business started to grow quite a bit. And so it's like, obviously the right call. But that was a really good example of burnout right there, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I did a workshop about two years ago in Oregon, and, and, and it was with the Chamber of Commerce. It was a ton of business leaders in the area. And I got to talking to one of the CEOs afterwards, and he's like, I haven't taken an afternoon because we did a three-hour training. He's like, I haven't done this maybe ever because I'm always so worried about getting behind. Like you said, that avalanche that keeps building that we always have fear of, but unless we sometimes take that break away to get a different perspective or maybe evaluate how we need to be doing things differently, or maybe a lot of times like you guys went through with the customer service set, sometimes we've, we got to get somebody in there to get this off of our plate so we can focus on the right things. It, it takes that need to step back. And a lot of times people are afraid to take that day off, to take that step back to recover, but it's a necessary piece in, in terms of the long-term growth. And I think the, the way we do that is just having that long-term perspective of I may be a little bit more to do tomorrow, or maybe I'm cutting 10 things off my plate tomorrow because I have a better perspective of where we're trying to go. So I appreciate you sharing that. You did mention it. And so I'm curious as well, you work with your wife. How do you two manage working being obviously co-workers, spouses, parents, how do you do that in a healthy manner where work doesn't bleed too much into the personal relationship and, and vice versa? Because I know that's got to be a challenge when you're with each other all the time. And I imagine for people that are listening that have been at home on quarantine that are working in the same office as their spouse are like, please tell me how you do this without killing each other. Yeah, well, that's a really good question. So probably the main thing that we did is I would sort of focus on the things that I was good at. I would, you know, keep to my core things. And then she would have her core things. Like, so she writes all of her cookbooks. And, you know, she helps do the financials and other things like that. But she would, you know, more so focus on those. And I wouldn't get too heavily involved in those areas. Kind of like, oh, hey, you're going to do this new cookbook. Hey, that's awesome. You know, if she had questions, she'd come ask me. But it's definitely not one of those things where I'm standing over her shoulder and kind of go, oh, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And she's not doing that to me, vice versa. So it, uh, it, it's a challenge, you know, for sure. It's, uh, it's not always uh, sunshine and rainbows, but, you know, we, we make it work. I love it. So curious, do you guys have, uh, in terms of a family time or, or you and your wife, in terms of set recurring dates or windows or breaks so that you make sure you're spending time outside of just work? Oh boy. Well, that's a really tricky one because if you would ask me that before COVID, I would have had a different answer. Now it's a little bit weird because we've had to you know, be more cautious and everything around. Yeah. Health. Uh, honestly, our, our main thing is, you know, we'll kind of at the end of the night sit down and usually watch some sort of TV or something together, just kind of relax online a little bit, um, you know, different series, stuff like that. Uh, we're not really going out a ton now. Usually we'll have like a Friday night pizza night. It's our family will order a pizza in, usually like watch a movie, something like that. Uh, nothing too crazy. We haven't been able to you know, get away as much recently in the past year or so, but yeah. hopefully now things seem to be turning the corner for everyone. And, and she's doing better, as you mentioned. 
She's, she's doing very well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she finished treatment uh, way back in, uh, in August, which seems you know, crazy to, to think back and that it's you know, now been over a year since you know, all this COVID stuff hit, hit last year and she's been done for a while. She's doing really well. Uh, yeah. I mean, love it. Kind of wood, things are going really well. I love it. So, and everybody listening just caught that you do Friday night pizza nights and they're like, I need to learn nutrition from this guy. If he will eat pizza, that means there's an opportunity potentially for me if it's in the plan too. So yeah. Nick, man, where can people find out more about your programs and especially where can we pick up a copy of your book? Yeah. Uh, so just go on to Amazon, just search uh, fit for success. You can type in my name too, but it should come up if you type in fit for success or uh, just look up uh, at nick.shaw.rp on Instagram, or if you want to follow RP, uh, just at RP straight. That's probably where most people know about us. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be linking to all of those in the show notes. So you can go on there, grab a copy of Nick's book off Amazon. Uh, and definitely if you're interested in taking your training, your nutrition to a new level, these guys are great guys. They've got an awesome team. Uh, I've seen the the witness of their work over the years just through the Compete Everyday community. I know we have a ton of people listening to the podcast, engage with us online that are members of RP Strength and have gone through your programs and transformation. So want to recommend that as well. Nick, man, thanks for hanging out on the show this week. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday podcast. To listen to past episodes, be sure to check out podcast.competeveryday.com. And to get in touch with the show, email us at podcast at competeveryday.com. Everybody wants to win, but not everybody's willing to compete for that victory. Since you're one who will, show up today and win. We're cheering for you.